0: Welcome back to another episode of the Toffee Blues podcast. Uh, in this episode, I'm joined by James from Babylon Blues and also Terry, obviously a regular on the channel. In this episode, we've got the extra time from Everton's 2-1 win over Leeds United at Ellen Road. We'll be previewing Everton's game against Manchester United at Old Trafford. And of course, we've got the start and 11 lineup showdown uh, between Terry and James to round the show off. Uh, hope you all enjoy it. Let's get straight into it. Uh, today we're talking about Everton's match against Leeds Last night, a 2-1 win at Ellen Road for the Blues uh, Obviously joined by Terry, who joins us uh, pretty often for these match reaction videos And James from the Babylon Blues podcast James, thanks for coming on and chatting to us, mate
1: Yeah, no worries, lads, hope you're all right and doing well
0: Yeah, yeah, um, good to have uh, a couple of different people every now and then on the podcast, and uh, I'm sure um, Toby Blues John will remember to leave all of James's links in the description so you can check out the, the Babylon Blues podcast if you haven't already. Um, but yeah, we're talking about Leeds United and about Everton's win last night, pretty big win. Um, Terry, I'll come to you first. What did you make of the results and the performance
2: as well? Great results. Um... Great performance, especially in the first half. It was uh, it was frantic, wasn't it? Like it was, like the highest paced game I've seen, f- you know, all season for any team. It was just non stop, but executed a game plan really well. You know, scored some good goals, and you know, <laughs> you know, coped with what must have been the worst pitch I've ever seen to play on. It was like it was ridiculous. I
0: know after, like, the, uh, after the after the. The game is finished. I put in the group chat. The Toffees take all three points on the ice rink. That yeah. awful, awful pitch. I mean, it looked great, didn't it? Like when 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 the teams got the sun, I thought, Jesus, this pitch looks like first day of the season sort of conditions. And uh,
2: the amount of players slipping over was unbelievable, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, Andre Gomez lad tackled uh, Marcelo Bielsa, so. So it's so how bad it was, but yeah, they, they, they coped like it was affecting both teams. Um But Everton sort of dealt with it a lot better. they you know we, we had players in our team that looked after the ball a little bit better than theirs did. Like they were they not They let's be honest, they they, they fly at you yeah, at hundred miles an hour, but they leave gaps everywhere at the back.
0: But like I mean, if Red Bull was a football team, that's what I've compared them to.
2: <laughs> yeah, well. I, Exactly, they just they're just all over the place, you know. Very dangerous. They almost like scored quite early with what would have been an unbelievable goal from that volley from their corner hit the post. Um, Think I also may have had it, but would have been some goal. But then you know we reacted. Andre Gomez is it an unbelievable, you know, upfield pass. you know the weight and the precision, on it's unbelievable. Got him. Um, Luka Dean gets it, gets himself that little um yards of space. Whips it in and there's a uh, Sigurdsson just you know made to Chandler as Davy Classon, late run into the box. <laughs> yeah, so, like, it's did we can't take that
0: away from him. Was well, a good but, goal from Sigurdsson to be fair, yeah. um, and we'll talk about yeah. it in a bit. James, same questions to you, mate. How do you feel about the uh, the game last night?
1: Yeah, I thought it was. Um... As as um, as I mentioned, I think it was frantic, 100 mile an hour, just what you expect when you're playing against that Leeds team. And I mean, the pitch was awful. I didn't really notice it too much in the first half, but then I started looking second half and I think I counted 24 players slipping over um, <laughs> during the second half. It was just mad. There was one point where two Leeds players like simultaneously fell over. It was just mental, but yeah, for first half we played on the front foot and gave it as good as we got for majority of it. Like, which is what I'd like us to have uh, done against that lead side. And we mixed the pragmatism with a bit of. I think that's why we ended up getting two up and decided time. The last thing you want to do is concede a silly goal early doors, which. Obviously, we did, but then we sort of showed that pragmatism and held on to it in the end. And, yeah, I think it's a really good win. And that when we played them the first time, I would uh, going to Elan Road was going to be a nightmare. But, no, I was really, really pleased last night. Yeah, same.
0: Um, stuff. lots and lots of positives, a few negatives in there as well. You know, I don't want to be too negative. We always want to be positive when we talk about a win. But um, coming out and starting the second half a bit slow really disappointed me. But we defended really well in places and... Um, yeah, a couple of players put in absolutely standout performances. Uh, Terry, you mentioned there, Gilfie Sigurdson's goal. Um, I was I was laughing because I was on the uh, the match reaction with Paul after the Newcastle game, and fifty percent of that was just absolutely slating Gilfie Sigurdson. and then uh, he pops up with a goal early doors, um, and obviously you mentioned there the early run into the box. Uh, the late run into the box even Um, what do you make of his performance because I was quite pleased with him last night I thought he did a lot better
2: yeah he was he was a lot better than the previous week he seems to be like that this season where he has like a good game then a few bad games and and then a few good games then a bad game he's got no level of consistency but you know fortunately last night it was um, one of his good games and he it wasn't just you know the goal and and the corner for the second goal it was it was Calvin Phillips which he didn't do in the in the home game like he just got to run the whole batch at Goodison. but yesterday you know like he, he, he followed him around the pitch and stifled his um, stifled his influence so I, I think it was one of the better games for guilty Sigurdsson and I'm one of his harsher critics as well I mean I know there aren't many people who you know give him the benefits of the doubt these days apart from Icelandic Stato but um yeah, I thought he was great. You know, he deserved the goal and he got the, um, I think he goes down for the assist for the corner as well. Um, yeah, good performance from him.
0: Yeah, another nail-biting one as well towards the end. Hopefully, one of these days we get a game where we just absolutely polish a team off in the first half and we win about 4-0. Um, I want to talk about Robin Olsen as well because uh, I think majority of us now are in the opinion that Olsen needs to play. Um, James, I'm interested to get your opinion on Olsen because he was really good last night and um, do you think he should play from here on out?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that triple save is just ridiculous in the second half and that's what wins us the game ultimately. I thought he was quite competent in the other areas of his goalkeeping last night. So I was I was pleased with, with Robin Olsen. I think going forward now he's got to be in number one, certainly for the next few weeks, how he gets on. I think it's good though having competition between the two goalies. I don't mind him sort of swapping them in and out at times um, if it's getting the best results for us. So I think that's probably where we are at the minute because we've got an you know, expensive goalkeeper there in in Pickford who looked really good when he first came in I fourth and now he's obviously been on a bit of a decline and we sort of saw that with the Leicester game where he, I think he'd done all right up until that point. But yeah, I think sort of errors like that aren't going to... I'm going to run with this manager. Whereas uh, I think Manners was letting Tim out. get away with murder a few seasons ago, wasn't he, before he brought in uh, Joel Robles, I seem to remember. So, yeah, absolutely. I would start Robin on, on the weekend of Spurs, um, regardless of whether Pickford's fit, injured, in form or whatever. So I think if he has three games on the bounce, we can sort of look ahead from there. And uh, yeah, I'd be more than happy if he stays in goal from here on in because I thought last night he... Essentially one is the point trade, in the show.
0: Yeah, I think uh, in a season like this where it's all to play for, we can't be compromising on the goalkeeper. I think we need to just be playing whoever's the best option at the time. And for me, Olsen's the best right now. Um, Teddy, your opinion on that one as well. I know you're a Robin Olson fan as well. Yeah,
2: I've I've it's not even the triple save and like you know that, that was you know really good from but it's just the basic things like coming to catch a ball and you know like commanding on a corner or something like that it's just the boring safe stuff which we don't get from pickford and i want to see that going forward i'd like to see Olsen keep the shirt you know for as long as he's performing and and honestly he doesn't have to make those triple saves every game. He just has to not throw them in the net. And that's that's an improvement on the way Pickford's been playing. So I'm I'm, I'm very much in the pro-Robert Olsen camp as well, eh, James.
0: That Leicester game uh, is a prime example for me because people will talk about how we invited pressure the um, whole game, a whole second half, and how Leicester obviously deserved to get something. But Robin Olsen's in goal. I remember Terry, it'll, it'll stick in my mind now for a long time. As soon as that goal went in, you put you were, were talking in the we were talking in the Toffee Blues group chat at the point. And uh as soon as it went in, you said Robin Olsen saves that. And um I think it was that one, probably was. Uh, but that game, I think, you know, that would have been three points for us. I know Leicester deserved something from that. But, you know, we could have escaped there, smashing, grabbing and 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 won that game, one-nil. Um and as well with all due respect to Jordan Pickford, I think there was one, I think it was the volley that you've just been talking about earlier, Terry. There was one point where uh, there was a shot and it just went over the bar and instead, and it was sort of, it was there but the keeper had it. And there was, and Robin Olsen just put his hands up and touched the crossbar and it went over. And it's it's crazy because I just sat there and thought, God, how great is it to have a goalie who who can touch the crossbar? And um, it, it, yeah, I think as you said, it's just it's the commanding side of him. It's it's the easy stuff that he does well. And if you're gonna win stuff, he's got to be in goal because he's gonna probably save us more points. And uh, I think it, me and Paul were talking about it as well. He hasn't threw the ball in the net yet, so why is he why is he not playing every game? Um, James, the away form's been outstanding this season. I think that's seven away games so far this season. We've won four on the trot. First time since uh, nineteen eighty-five, we've won four away games on the bounce. Um brilliant, isn't it? Makes makes a nice change. Just for James
2: yeah. to that, and it's just nice to have a keeper whose feet touch the floor when he sits on the toilet. It's just, <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. just keep keep all the angles safe. Sorry yeah.
1: James. <laughs> no, absolutely, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Um I mean the away phone's been unbelievable. I didn't actually realise until last night how good it's been when they mentioned that, that we won four in a row for over the first time in you know 30 odd years. Um, but I think we posted on our Twitter a few weeks ago that we've won now as many away games under Ancelotti as we had done going back to uh I think Ronald Koeman's first or second away win. I think in that time, because we had that long stint on the silver, didn't we? We didn't win one for and ages, and obviously I know we had Duncan and Underworth and Aladdice, etc., in there. We only won a couple yeah, I between.
0: Think, so. I think he's won um and won more away games than Cooman and Silver combined in last yeah. less games or something like that, hasn't he?
1: Yeah, it's meant to I mean obviously the stats are slightly uh maybe Uh, in favour of Manchester because we haven't played any of the big teams away from home yet other than Spurs, haven't we? So that's when that's going to be really tested. But I think I speak for all and I say it's just a a massive shame because I know loads of people who go up and down the country have been to some of the worst away games over the last few years and they're not there to see any of these games, which is a big shame. I imagine it would have been great at Leeds last night, for example, or that Spurs one or, or Wolves, you know, loads of really good away days that we're missing out on. But, yeah, well may it continue. And as I say, the big tests now are going to be Anfield, the Etihad, um, Old Trafford on the weekend. You know, they're going to be the games where i will truly believe the waveform's turned around. But for now, it's just nice to win the the nitty-gritty game, the ones that aren't. So sort of the headline makers. So yeah, really, really pleased with that.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned there obviously Man United at the at the weekend. Stay tuned for the uh, to the channel, guys, because we'll be, to be a me, Terry and James will be previewing that game as well. Um and, you know, talking about the away form, we can't really talk about the away form without talking about how good we've been defensively, Terry. We've been uh, like Italians in defence. I know that sounds cliche with Carlo in charge, but the entire the entire back four, or, you know, you want to throw Luca Dean in there and call it a, a back five or whatever. Um, you know, it was just outstanding last night, wasn't it? Mina, Godfrey, uh, Holgate was a bit iffy at times, but um, they were all pretty good, weren't they?
2: Yeah, I mean, you, you said that about the away form, and it applies to this as well the, the style of play. Teams are reflections of their managers. Like, it's it just, I've never been more certain of anything now in my life. When when you have a string of weak managers, you get a weak team. That's why we couldn't win away from home, because Marco Silva was a weak manager. Kerman's a weak manager. He just was a great player, so he's well marketed. Allardyce, you know, he is what he is. Now that we've got an actual strong manager, we've got a stronger mentality and you can see that in the style of play where, you know, someone like Pep Guardiola, his team and all of his teams play the Pep Guardiola way. There is no, uh, you know, Carlo ball. There is no style of play for Carlo Ancelotti. His, his signature is pragmatism. And that's what we've become better at. We, you know, playing different players, rotating different, you know, formations, you know, Luka Dean's on the left of midfield sometimes and, Godfrey's at left-back and we've got Holgate at right-back and, you know, sometimes we've got Hammers uh, on the right of midfield, sometimes he's in the number 10. And that suits us. We've, we've turned into Carlos Everton and it's you've seen the improvements in performances and results off the back of that. We've become a lot stronger defensively because it's, you know, it's a cliche, but top Italian managers typically are always built on defence because it's still... Uh, It's it's part of their football and heritage, but there's so much more to them than that. And this is the type of squad that Carlo's working with, that he hasn't, you know, his key men, for the most part, is defenders. Like, you know, he's obviously got Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin, James, but if you look at the other key men in this team, they're all strong defensive players. You know, Godfrey, Holgate, Keane, Mina, um, Luca Dean, Coleman's been important this season. He's even used him to court. To court, he's not been this marauding, box-to-box midfielder that we thought he'd be. He's been sort of, I don't know what to call it, like, I suppose a pivot, or like the, the linchpin in the centre of midfield. He's a bit just of used, everything. Yeah,
1: just at the used, use
2: he's, he's been fantastic. His power to hold the midfield. So they're the key players are all those type of players who feed into that type of tactics where, you know, Use strength rather than you know nice little intricate footballers, which you know Martinez wanted us to buy, and we kept getting rolled over.
0: Um, mm-hmm. and I was talking to Jay from uh, Stretford Paddock, um, for an opposition view from them, and I just mentioned Ben Godfrey. I just said, Listen, mate, if if I know he's, he's been in the league for a few months now, and um, you might not have been able to see him too much properly, but. This lad is unbelievable. One of the best already. One of the best defenders I've seen play for Everton. The lad just absolutely loves defending. And me and Teddy have spoken about him so much on the channel. I feel like I ask you about ask you about him every time uh, you're on with me, Teddy. So I'll ask James this time instead. <laughs> James, try and some Ben Godfrey up because it's just I'm losing words for him at the moment. Um, he's fantastic, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure I mentioned it on or on our podcast or not, but someone I I knew used to play them when they were younger, and then obviously he was at Norwich and they got promoted last season. So when I heard that they were mates when they were younger, I watched him a lot last season, and I was impressed with him. But I just think he's gone up another level since he's come here. Haven't watched you know as much as that as much of that Norwich team as I could last year. Like um, he's just unbelievable. I don't know when wingers are going to stop trying to getting behind him or around the side of him because not only is he quick, well, to say the least, but he's built like a vending machine. He's absolutely huge and you saw it when he scored and he's like this massive figure at the back of the celebrations. He's just he's just massive and reads the game well, quick, strong. I think he's intelligent footballer. He's really good at bringing the ball out. That one last night where... I wish we'd score from that because we'd see that all over the shop. But I'm, I'm glad Everton sort of clicked it out and posted it last night. Um, literally, I've not seen a real flaw in his game yet. And he's still only young. Didn't cost ludicrous money. And yeah, I saw a tweet just before. It's actually, I think, summed it up where I can't believe out of Alan Hammers and Decore, Godfrey's probably been my favourite signing so far because he's just been immense. Yeah, I, and um, Yeah, I saw that tweet yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's mad as dogs. Well, I think last night wasn't wasn't that the first time he played centre back in a back four in the Premier League so far. I believe so. I think so, yeah. yeah. He was
0: unbelievable. The lad can play anywhere. He's unbelievable. I, I speaking to my dad about him, he reminds me of that James Charles who you played for Juventus, that Welsh fella from like the fifties, and he was known for playing centre back and then striker on the weekend. Um, look him up if you haven't already because the lad seems like he can play on the left wing at this rate the way he gets the ball and you just think yeah just pass it go on pass it and he just turns and he just runs as fast as he can towards the centre circle he doesn't seem to get tackled Um, he seems to be able to play everywhere he's fast there's one point where I I can't remember I think it was Rafinha he was up against and uh, he turned his back to shield the ball against Rafinha and he kicked the ball back towards his own goal and ran after it as if to be like, come on then, you want to try and beat me for pace? You can't. Um, Just unbelievable how good the start to his Everton career has been. And you mentioned there, James, about the signings we made in the summer, and he's arguably the best. And um, I think based on just watching this season alone, you can't argue with the fact that he's the best. Um, Calvert-Lewin's back in the goals as well. Terry, how good's that? Fantastic. I
2: thought his overall game was terrible. <laughs> like I thought he stunk the place out on in terms of his, his decision making, but he scored, so it doesn't matter. It's it's that if you're a goal scorer, if you on if you're playing badly and still score, that's that's fine by me. But I, I think he grew into the game a little bit more once he got the goal. I think he was trying to force so a little bit before Andy you know, might have been playing on his mind. And you could just see on his face when he after he scored when he he was celebrating that, you know, he was just relieved. And it was just a... Another DCL special, a back post header. Um, yeah, hopefully that will kick him on now. Like I think it's it's not the full story when you see his goals out. You out seven games, he hasn't scored, but yet. But how many of them was um, Luca Dean not playing him? Like so, the assists made for uh, for Dom wasn't play. We were playing in December with Dom up front and the four centre backs across the back four, but we didn't have any. Any hammers or any um, Luca Dean to sort of provide these opportunities for Dom. So his goals were going to dry up. Now that those two are coming back into the team, you starting to see, you know, you'll hopefully start to see him score more goals.
0: Yeah, I was made up. I was talking to uh, Jacob as well uh, from the Sophie Blues, and we were talking about how much the lad needed a goal. And he scored right as soon as we started talking about it. So I'll, um, I think me and Jacob. Jacob, if you're watching this one, we can take credit for that Dominic Calvert-Lewin goal because we we talked it into the net. Um, James, your opinion on that? He obviously needed the goal really badly, um, and a Yorkshireman as well, making the difference against Leeds United. Uh, what do you make of him last night?
1: Yeah, same as Terry. Really, I didn't think he was. Didn't think he had his best game, and the decision making for. When we saw, I mean, I'm kind of glad now he didn't pass it to Richardson because we got to see Fuming Carlo for the first time properly. So that was like it was like something out of a Tarantino film when he was screaming there. It was I really enjoyed that. But um, <laughs> and then at the end he, he's got to score that as well. He made an unbelievable run. The Corey did really well too to slide him in. But yeah, he had to score them. But. No, I think, again, as Terry said, I don't really mind, but his all-round games, like if he scores, and if he doesn't score, I want his all-round game to be good. So as long as he's doing one of the two and we're winning games, then I'm happy with him. And uh, yeah, I'm glad they've got the goal and we can hopefully now get closer to our starting eleven. now that Alan's coming back. And obviously, James, Luca Dean, etc. So I wasn't too worried about the the drought or whatever you'd like to call it because of the fact that we didn't have Dean, we didn't have Hammers or some of those games and um, the team wasn't playing uh, too well in the games like West Ham and that sort of come to mind or even games like Chelsea where they're not the sort of fixtures for him where we've got to sit back, same with for Charleston. in some ways our attacking players are a little bit stifled by that um, pragmatism to win those big games and we got a lot of points on the board, even though he wasn't scoring. So, no, yeah, I'm really pleased. And if you can get another one on the weekend, then that'd be absolutely fantastic.
0: Yeah. And uh, you mentioned there, Abdelay I did really well. And Calvaloon's got to put it away, but it won't be thought about too much as soon as we won the game. But, Terry, we saw box to box. Abdelay Dokora in that moment, unbelievable. the the guy's legs are unbelievable when he started running. He took the ball on his edge of the box and it was a bit like that Kevin Morales against Stoke. I wanted them to go to go for it on his own, if I'm being honest. Uh, and I think next time he will, after that absolute stinker of a miss from Dom. But we can't dwell on it too much. Evan got three points, that's the main thing. Another away win on the board as well. Welcome to us today. We're going to be previewing... Everton's match away at Old Trafford against Manchester United. Um, Terry, come to you first, mate. Um, What sort of team do you want to see? Because the performance against Leeds away was a pretty good one, more of the same, or do you think there should be a couple of changes?
2: I think there will be changes. I think Carlo isn't... He isn't sort of uh, married to one set 11, and he hasn't been for the whole time he's been here. I think he changes things as and you know, as each opponent comes round to suit them, um, God knows who it will be because he scored nine goals last game. So as long as the team's better than that Southampton team that were left on the pitch, I'll be you know that'll be a, you know a, that'll be better than United played last time out. But honestly, I could probably see Keane coming back in, Godfrey going to left back. Luca Dean going to left midfield, might even see James Rodriguez back in this game, you know, add that little bit of extra creativity, but I don't expect to see the same team, I think that suited the Leeds game, I think they might change it up a little bit for the Man United game, how how you approach a game against a team who were that good in the previous game, I don't know, but that's why Carlo Ancelotti's who he is, I'm sure he does know.
0: Um, James, same question to you, mate. What sort of side do you think Everton will link up with, and what sort of side do you, do you want Everton to start with?
1: Um, I'm really not sure. You know, I, I was having to think about it before, but I mean, we have a joke over on ours where we say that he, he pulls the, the names out of a tombola pre-match because they like I've definitely predicted one starting on Everton all season. Like he, he seems to have a an idea in his head early doors of what he wants and the, the play he's going to put in there. I would not have said Tom Day, um, sorry, Andre Gomez or Sigurdsson would have played last night and they both did and they both had a really good games. So, yeah, I'm not too sure. I would be happy enough to see us go back to four center centre-backs because I think Michael Keane's been unbelievable for us this season. I'd be happy enough of that Um, and of course I'm, I'm happy when Hamad comes into a team, but as Terry was saying, if a team wins a 9 0, it's only the, I think it's the third time it's happened in the Premier League. So I think you go to their, you're their next opponent. You, you really don't really, um, that's not what you want at all. So I'm not too sure. I think Alan's meant to be uh, back fit. I definitely wouldn't throw him in straight away, but it'd be nice if he's sort of in and around the squad and come back into full fitness. So it was the same team if it goes to the four centre-backs. As long as it's not that, um, that back five we had, I'm, I'm pretty yeah, content with whatever he wants to do.
0: Yeah, I think uh, I was speaking to Jay from the uh, Stretford Paddock, previewing this game with him, uh, getting a, a more Man United centre preview, and the team he named so attacking. Uh, you know, Greenwood, Cavani, Rashford, he expects all three of those to start. So I think Ben Godfrey is a crucial one to bring in because... Uh, we're gonna need to be able to defend for large parts of the game. Um it could be another sit back, wait for it, wait for opportunities, hit them on the break and and try and uh try and get something. Um and obviously teams have gone there this season and got something. Sheffield United we saw the other week won there. So there's no reason why we can't. Um I'd like to see James Rodriguez come in as well, especially after him being rested last night. Um So, but obviously, we can't talk about it without talking about the 9 0. Um, James, did you watch the 9 0 United game?
1: I actually didn't know because we were uh, talking about the kind of what I was was doing. I was doing something, and then when it came down, it was already 1 0, and obviously they had the man sent off. So, I think we watched. Milan uh into, sorry I think that was the same night nice. we watched that and then we sort of channel surfed a little bit me and my dad and we watched a little bit of the United game but I can't believe coming off the back of that how little uh criticism I've seen of, of Southampton I know they went down to 10 men early doors but to lose a game 9 nil for the second time in a year and a bit I just think that's absolutely mental and uh yeah, I mean, they definitely should have shut up shop in the end. I know they had a the second red card, but I haven't watched the highlights. Man United looked on it, and I've seen a lot of uh, United fans who I follow on Twitter, etc. sort of very pleased about how they played. So it's a bit of a worry. But as you say, I think they've lost five games at home this season in all competitions, and, you know, we're talking Sheffield United and um, Crystal Palace, you know, we're not exactly talking the biggest and the best teams in the league, and, yeah. But I think if I sort of sat here and said, if this team can go and beat this team, why can't we... You know, look how many teams have gone to Anfield since we last won, or even City, Chelsea, um, Arsenal. You know, I've seen loads of teams run at the Emirates over the last few years, and we just haven't been able to manage it. So, yeah, I don't try and look into that too much, and I just think we need to go play our play our own game, and uh, yeah, prove we're good enough to to beat the likes of them because that's how you get into the the upper echelons of the table.
0: We'll all be open that we can um, get something at Old Trafford. Uh... This, I think, this is one of our best opportunities to do it. With how well we've been playing away, we spoke about it in the Leeds game. The away form is absolutely outstanding this season. And uh, Teddy, is there a little bit of nerves after what, after you know, United's recent results and um, you know the performance against Newcastle with us, or are, are you are you confident going into it? No, <laughs> you can't.
2: You can't. You can't be confident going to Old Trafford any time, even when they were at their lower ebbs in the last few years we still didn't you know go there and routinely win or or what have you so now that they you know they've got their act together a little bit and they've got a quality team you know you can't say well now I'm confident we're going to win our away form is really good but Man United are still loaded with quality and you know coming off the joint records you know winning the Premier League ever and you just I'm not like nervous going into the game in the sense of oh you know we're going to get battered or or you know we need to win this game or it's all over there's a game every three days we'll bounce back if, if we don't get the result but I just can't go into this game thinking you know oh we're going to win this because they're one of the top three teams in the country and I think the, pre- the table will bear that out at the end of the season it'll be some variation I think of City, Liverpool and Man United and if we get a result there, if we were to win at Old Trafford this weekend, it'd be our best result of the whole season.
0: Yeah, um, for me, I still can't get over how great that Tottenham game was. First game of the season, watching us go away to a big six team and, and beat them. If we can go away and do the same to Man United, I'd be absolutely. I'd, I'd be on a high for a few weeks. It would certainly, you know, uh, it'd probably take me until a derby just about to calm down. Just because the, the nerves of that from that, I'd probably shoot me back down, but. Um you can't, I mean, their team seems to be sort uh, of going back to the, the conversation they had with Jay from Stratford Paddock. Um, they seem to be have so many players fit. You know, Luke Shaw's having a good season. Um, Pogba's coming to a bit of form. Matic is obviously a good player to screen the back four. Um, how tough will this be with that Man United team, James? Because they seem to have a, diff, a little... A little extra kick in their step this season for some reason. I don't know whether it's confidence or if Ollie's scared something into them, but they seem to have a little bit of extra swagger about them, don't they?
1: Yeah, I think mean, this is the best Man United team I've seen since obviously the Sir Ferguson They sort of eight nine years ago. Um, I think mean, this is the best sort of iteration of of them, and as Terry said, there's no no at any point will there be a time when I'm confident going to Old Trafford just because I watched them swat aside Everton for year on year on year under Moyes and um, obviously other than the Martinez when under Martinez, Coombe and the Batters was 4-0 in the second game there so yeah absolutely no confidence uh, in terms of us going there and, and looking for a win but I do think they do look quite good this season but we've seen they're the prone to a, a bit of a lapse and I think all oh, they seem to get the brunt of that when that happens but yeah, as you're saying, was playing well ever since that news came out about him wanting to leave. He's seen to really kick it up to the play that he looked like he could have been when he went to United. Bruno's obviously been terrific. I think Cavani was quite a shrewd addition. Uh, so, yeah, I think it'll be interesting to see how we get on there. But, yeah, certainly a very tough game for us.
0: Teddy, do you think if we can sneak a, you know, if by chance we can sneak a win on Saturday... Um, where does that leave us with regards to the, you know, going into sort of obviously we're not there yet, but going into like the running for the season when it gets to sort of March, April time? Because we're getting closer and closer every game. It's easy to forget. Um, we've played over half the season now. If we were to get three points there, going with our games in hand that we've got, uh, I think we've still got at least one game in hand on a couple of the other teams around us. How important is that? Because there's so many, like, I seen a stat yesterday. If we'd have lost against Leeds, we could have ended up 10th or something like that. So, how important is it to get these three points and get closer to a team like
2: United? It's as important as any other game. Like, it's the, the, the defeat against Newcastle wasn't the end of the world, and a, a win against Man United wouldn't be the be all and end all. It's a mad season. You know, Think the table and, you know, Everything else can change over a weekend's or you know a, a full week with like three games in it. So I wouldn't I wouldn't get too excited and say that's it. We're getting in the Champions League if we beat Man United, but if we lose to them, I also wouldn't think that's it. We can't get into Europe. It's it's all about getting that consistent run of games. One game is not the deciding factor. Any you know at, at any point this season until it's the last game of the season because it's so tight that it can change so quick and it can change so quickly. There's no point even stressing about the impact it has because it just changes the, um, three days later. Yeah, such a
0: topsy-turvy season and um, I just think
2: the mentality
0: thing with going to the top six teams, it's just a massive game in that sense. United have beaten us twice at home this season already and I still think we owe them one for the uh, the cup defeat to them because i was still absolutely gutted from that. Um, and, you know, we put a bit more confidence into it. I feel like signing of Josh King has gotten on a few more fans on side in the way that we've now got someone to throw on if we need it. Uh James you you hoping to see Josh King because last night he made what was a 100% cameo appearance if there was ever a cameo appearance that was it. Um you hoping to see a bit more of him because uh hopefully he's he's you know getting to full fitness now.
1: Yeah, he looked goose, didn't he, after about five minutes. Not an easy aim to come into as a forward player, I don't think, because obviously we were backs to the wall, just trying to grind out a result. But, yeah, I mean, in a way, I don't know, I can almost say I, I, I maybe would rather us not have to bring him on because I think if we're bringing him on, we're probably chasing the game. So I think if we don't see him this weekend, that's that's fine. We've got a cup game and then I think it's full after that. So he's got a couple of, of opportunities coming up, but... um. Yeah, I mean, in terms of my opinions on him coming in, I was I wasn't too keen at first because of the the money rumored to be in the deal, but I just think the way we've gone about it, and in terms of fact, like, he's coming in for six months, um, and he's not got he's well from what I've read anyway, he's not on like huge uh, wage breaking uh, wages. So yeah, I think he's been a, he'll be a good signing for us over the next six months if he can score a few goals and just you know get. As, Get us up the table with a few extra points. Um, I, I'm not, in, I'm not entirely convinced he'll play on the weekend. Uh, as I said, rather him stay on the bench if he is, because I think that would mean we we go for a uh, we're trying to come from a goal down or whatever. So yeah, maybe not necessarily this weekend, but over the next couple of weeks, definitely.
0: Yeah, and um, obviously we can't talk about Man Uniteds without talking about some of our bogey players. Um, you know speaking to Jay about what sort of team he thinks he'll play. He doesn't expect Anthony Martial to play, but I certainly expect him to play and score against us because he seems to in every single game. We play against them. Uh, Bruno Fernandes there as well, plays against us every time we've played them. He's a really top-notch player. Um, Yeah, Teddy players we need to look out for. I know there's some obvious ones and the people watching at home probably know as well which ones we need to look out for, but... Just in your mind, who's who's United's dangerous players against Everton?
2: Well, the obvious one's Bruno Fernandes, but I, I'd rather play. I would rather see Anthony Martial than, than Edison Cavani because Edison Cavani has already scored against us this season, and he's such a clever player. I think he's. A, I think he's got the beating of of some of our centre backs with his clever movements and his positioning. Martial, I think we'd have an easier time defending against so Cavani's the main the main danger for me, outside of the obvious being Bruno Fernandez. But that's that that is obvious.
1: Yeah.
0: Um and the final question that I want to ask. I usually save this one for Owen when it's me, Owen, and Terry, because he seems to have the answer to every single team in the Premier League. But I'll give it to James today. Obviously, we're James, we're gonna play our we're gonna play our game no matter what. Um tactically Where are the opportunities going to come for us? Because I expect us to play well in the first half, maybe tail off a bit in the second and try and defend what we've got. Um, Tactically, how do you think we are going to have to go about getting three points from United?
1: Um, I think it's difficult because I can't see loads of holes in this Man United team. I... I'm a big fan of Aaron Basaka. I think he's great, one-on-one. But I think, again, reading some United fans, maybe he's not having his best season. So there might be some opportunity there to get in and around him, potentially. But I'm, I can't say I see loads of holes in, in this United setup. And I just think maybe we in set pieces. We've been really good off corners this season. As an example, I think that could be really important to how we're going to play. Um, and then just soaking up pressure. My United will want to keep coming on to us and looking to hit them on the break, I think it's probably going to be sort of the order of the day, if you like, because there's always pressure on Man United to win games at home. And when they've already lost a few, I think that could be the one to sort of frustrate them. And then with Richarlison and with Dom and with like someone like Berm, Aplard de from the midfield, just breaking on them. And especially the way with like Luke Shaw's been playing, you say he's been getting further forward and I think he's been really good. But I also think him, Maguire, I think they are prone to having the odd mishap and a bit of a breakdown in communication yeah, I seem to remember the first goal uh, Liverpool scored and the cup was just really, really simple, just a slight ball inside in between them. And I think it was Sally who was in and went on to score. So um, I think, in terms of just the odd mishap or getting in behind them when we're looking to count, is probably going to be the order of the day. But I think it will be a, a tough game for us.
0: Yeah. And uh, I think I agree with you there. I think set pieces are going to be important. It's important that we try and get as many goals as we can in the first half. If we can get one or two goals in the first half, it's going to be really important. But yeah, um, I think we've covered all the bases there, guys. And that has brought us to the end of the episode. Uh, of course, we've got the Toffee Blues quiz to round off the episode. Today, we've got Terry taking on James from the Babylon Blues. Um, Terry's first one in a while, but he's going to be answering the questions instead of asking them. He's handed this quiz master hat over to me for this episode, and we are going to be looking at a former game between Everton and Manchester United. Uh, James, I explained the rules to you, but we'll go through them again um basically starting 11 from the game name as many players one by one we'll go to terry then to james Uh, and basically the first person to get one wrong is the loser and the winner gets to pick a song to round out the podcast episode with are you ready guys
1: yeah yeah
0: Yeah. so the game in question today uh, is not a recent one but not too long ago from saturday the 20th of february 2010 this is Everton three Manchester United one obviously the 2009-10 season so uh yeah we'll cue the intense quiz music been waiting a while to say that Teddy <laughs> very intense and uh James you're the uh, guest on the podcast so do you want to go first or second mate
1: um I'll go I'll go first okay
0: so yeah, you, we've got uh, two substitutes and 11 starters, of course, from this game. Um, any of the starting 11 or the substitutes. And you'll uh, you'll have seen yourself through this one, and it'll be Teddy's turn. Also, if you name the same one as someone's already named, that's immediately a loss. So, go on, James. Uh, go away with, uh, with your first guess.
1: Um... <laughs> I always get confused between this one. You said the three-one, didn't you? Yeah,
0: three-one, Saturday the twentieth of February two thousand and ten. Yeah,
1: I always get confused between that one and the the three-three, which I think might have actually been the same. Obviously, different season. I think it might have been the same year, but mm. obviously, I know Billy Lettenov scored the first goal, so I'll go with him as a safe option.
0: And yeah, Billy Letanov did play in the game and he did score Everton's first goal of the afternoon Teddy to you mate your next guess is
2: Uh,
0: Tim Howard always the safe one with the goalkeepers Tim Howard did start in goal as he did with most of those David Moyes then David Moyes years he did start most of those games James next up I'll go for Again, pretty safe. I think Leighton Baines a safe guess. Leighton Baines, as you guess Leighton Baines did start at left-back against Manchester United. Terry. Uh
2: Go for a goal scorer, because I remember this, because a mate of mine um, is a Man United fan, and he was saying, oh, we're going to sign him, we're going to sign him. But he's glad that they never. Jack Rodwell.
0: Jack Rodwell. Was a used substitute in the game. He came on and he did score in the ninetieth minute for Everton. Yeah, I remember that well. Uh, Jack Rodwell, good guess, Teddy. On to you, James.
1: Um, I'll continue with a safe guess and I'll say Dan Gosling. I remember the remember both the, the second and the third goal especially. So yeah, I'll go Dan Gosling.
0: Dan Gosling is a good guess again. Uh, another one of those young Everton. At the time, they were quite promising, weren't they? Both him and Jack Rodwell. And they both did uh, play and they both did score on the day. Uh, Dan Goslin, good guess, James. Terry?
2: Um. Louis Saha.
0: Louis Saha did play in the game. I think this was the season where he moved to number eight from... Uh, from number nine. So yeah he did start the game up front. He was also booked as well. Um James
1: Sweating here, lads. Um I'll go for um I'll go for Johnny Heisinger. Either in midfield or in defence again I think he's fairly safe.
0: Fairly safe I remember losing one of these with that guess James. It was a couple of years after this. But you won't be doing that today because Johnny Heitinger did start in the game, <laughs> uh, so you, you, you've, you've, uh, if that one's gone in off the post, as Taddy likes to say to me. Um, obviously, it's always between him and Phil Jagielka, isn't it? Um, yeah. So Heitinger, good guess, James. Um yeah. Taddy, your next
2: guess is uh, Leon Osman because he had the, possibly the game of his Everton career in this match.
0: Leon Osman did start uh, and he did play 90 minutes
2: as well. Uh, James? Real. It was unreal. I uh, no, wasn't the biggest Leon fan, but he was great in this game. Um,
1: I don't know how you can remember individual performances like that from so long ago. <laughs> I'm struggling You're with the TYT, season, but. Um, yeah. I'm
2: going to struggle after this, like. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um. As I say, I always get confused between that and the 3 3. I think Pienaar did score in the 3 3, but I'm going to, I know he didn't score, but I'll, I'll say Pienaar played in this one as well.
0: Stephen Pienaar did play in the game uh, before his move to Tottenham, this was, and he came off in the 88th yeah. minute for the goal scorer in the 90th minute, Jack Rodwell. Jack Rodwell having one of the most um, productive substitute appearances I've ever seen. He came on in the 88th minute, he got booked and scored so um,
1: yeah Steve up a celebration was it yeah
0: yeah Steve I think it was I think he ran into the crowd didn't he um, Teddy you got our next guest it's getting a bit tough
2: now we're getting down to the last few players right who have we got we've got um, Howard Baines Pinar Osman Saha Heitinger Oh, I'm gonna go with Distan because Heitinger and Jagielka very rarely, if ever, played as a partnership, so I'm gonna go for Distan.
0: Silvan Distant is a really good guest. Teddy did play. Uh as I said, it's always between them three, isn't it? And days with Moiji is between them three. Always. If you get
2: if you get Heitinger, if you get Heitinger, you know it's it's gonna to be to be honest, Distan's usually the safest one because Heitinger and Jackie Elka, like only on the odd occasion were they ever together. It was always distance with one of the others. So, distance, the like the sort of tap in the safe pass when it comes to these yeah. this era.
0: Yeah, um, guys, just to let you know, you've got two left, so you've got one each, really. There's two players left you haven't named, you've named both used substitutes, and you've also named nine of the team that started on that game. Um, so you've got two players left. James, can you can I push you for one?
1: Well I'm glad you said um distance, because I was gonna say Jagielka next, so um I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure Jagielka wouldn't then have played at all. Um Oh sorry guys, you've got three more to go, sorry. Oh three more. Um I'll go Yeah I'll go Michael Arteta Mikel
0: Arteta did play the game. He started in midfield. Um, nice. So you've you've got Mikel Arteta. Two more left, uh, Teddy. Two not easy ones. Can you name either of them?
2: February two
0: thousand and ten. Mhm. A couple of players in this game who I wasn't ex- like. A couple of players who didn't play. who I would have expected, and I think I would have been out by now. James, I, I lost quite humiliating, in a humiliating way, in my first one. I got I lost on, like, the second question, so you're doing really, really well. <laughs> I think I've been out by now, because there's a couple of Stonewall names who aren't in here. Yeah,
1: I was worried about that happening, to be fair.
2: Is it Landon Donovan? Ooh,
0: Landon Donovan. Teddy has done the equivalent of scoring a screamer there. Uh, he's absolutely he's killed yeah. it around the wall and he's put it in the top corner because Landon Donovan, I was not expecting you, either of you to get that one but Landon Donovan made one of his only starts for Everton in this game. He did start the game. He did play 90 minutes as well. Um, so Landon Donovan. Um, one more name in the starting 11. James, can you get it if you can? We will. Uh, we will go to sudden death.
1: Um, I've won this, Ed Donovan. To be fair, so.
0: Do you want me to yeah. run through the players that you've already you named, just to?
1: Oh, I think we've I think we've got the keeper the back four. And so you've got it. Uh, you've got two keeper, wide players.
0: You've got the keeper. You've got the left back. You've got two defenders. You've got all the midfielders, and you've got uh, the striker as well.
1: Oh, I thought we had. So, ever played right back then? Oh, that's horrible. well I that's to toss up between Coleman, Hibbert or Phil Neville, isn't it? Um, I'll go for I'll go Phil Neville at right back. But as I say, it could be any of the other too easily. I think if you have got me here it's right. You're going to
0: go for Phil Neville, James. Right, so if Terry's just done the equivalent of scoring a worldie, James has just done the equivalent of an equaliser in the last minute because Phil Neville started the game at right back. Unbelievable guess that. I would not have said him. Um, Uh. Guys, you've got all 11 players and the two substitutes. I can't believe it because... Um, I've never seen it go to sudden death before so Terry if I'm guessing right we just go to the the, net, the other team Man United I'm guessing
2: Man United team on the same game yeah
0: yeah so Man United team 2009-10 um, this, this game uh, I didn't win the league this season I don't remember I remember it was Chelsea but uh, I think we're on we're on Terry aren't we so Teddy, can you name any of that Manchester United team you think started
2: yeah, Edwin van der Star, because I remember the Billy of goal flying past him. Good goalkeeper, but he couldn't stop that one.
0: Yep. Edwin van der Star did start the game for Manchester United. James
1: Yeah, I'll go similar reason I'll go what I remember Phil um, not Phil Neville, sorry, Gary Neville being particularly angry for the Dan Gosling goal, so I'll say Gary Neville.
0: Gary Neville did start the game uh, obviously famous right back for Manchester United and um, you've named both the Neville's there James so uh, yeah Terry next guess
2: scored their goal
0: Berbatov Dimitar Berbatov yeah did play the game uh, and he was substituted actually there's three substitutes Man United used all three substitutes in this game so there's 14 players of the Manchester United squad for you to
1: name guys Um, I would have said Darren Fletcher scored, but again I think I'm getting confused. With the three-three, free. so um, I'll I'll go Park Park G Sung.
0: Park G Sung did play, yeah. Park Ji Sung, another player who came off. Actually, yeah, Park G Sung is a good guess. Terry, wouldn't have uh, got that. Um, Wayne Rooney. Wayne Rooney. Yeah, Wayne Rooney uh started the game and played every single minute he played 90 minutes in that game against Everton. Uh, did not score though. One of the one of his Man United games he didn't score against Everton. Um Wayne Rooney, yeah. James.
1: I, I remember the Rooney, I think he lost the ball for the third goal, didn't he? Or you think playing so about yeah. a foul or something, yeah, then Broaddock picked it up. Um my my last safe guess is um Antonio Valencia because it was Gary Neville who was he was having a go at him for not tracking Pienaar or Baines or Bain, just someone for the second so I'll go Valencia
0: um, Antonio Valencia did start on the right wing for Man United
2: Terry um, Michael Carrick
0: Michael Carrick yep yeah, you've got another one there James
1: um. God. Uh, I'll go. I'm not sure I would have played left back for them, or centre, or even centre back. It's it's difficult, isn't it? it is. I'll go. I'll go. Johnny Evans.
0: Johnny Evans. Yep. Johnny Evans started at centre back for Man United on that day
2: i only got one more that I'm confident on and I was saving it because it was an outside the box one but I remember him coming off the bench um, with his little ice cube. bed uh, Michael Owen
0: Michael Owen did come on and make an appearance for Manchester United so that's one of the substitutes lads you've got a one two three three Man United starters and two substitutes left, so we've got five players. We're uh, we're at the equivalent here of half-time, extra-time, where they would literally just switch sides and have a quick sip of Lucas' (laughs) So, James, can you give me another Man United player from the day?
1: I'd never have said Michael Owen in a million years, to be fair. So, again, just having the dark, I'll go. Where's Brown, left back?
2: Wes Brown did
0: start another one. So you're down to two players in the starting 11 now uh, and two off the bench. Teddy. Um. Ferdinand, Rio Ferdinand. Teddy's gone for Rio Ferdinand. Rio Ferdinand did not play. He didn't even feature. Um, let me check if he was in the squad actually. Oh. But Terry, James, you've won on your very first appearance on the on the Toffee Blues podcast. Uh, he must have been injured, Terry, because he, he wasn't even in the squad. Um,
2: I, I started going for like, say, like Carrick and Rooney, and I thought Ferdinand would be like safe up the spine. You know, they always played type of things. But yeah, no. no. Uh, so you could have had
0: uh, Darren Fletcher, who you did say. Um, James scored he did score I think in the 3-3 game he um, did yeah uh, Patrice Evra started at left back from Man United and coming off the bench was Paul Scholes um, Michael Owen and there's one I don't think either you would have got Gabriel Overton. Um so yeah that <laughs> it but James lads you went you went the distance there that was a pretty fun quiz <laughs> usually when it's me I get the first one wrong and me and Owen and Owen's just naming the other side isn't it Terry
2: if it's a uh, baby is anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. No, I mean <laughs> um, I got lucky of Wes Brown there to be fair because I said he would have played left back because I remember he played left back a lot in late North so that was that was lucky.
0: I would not have said it, Wes Brown, I'd have said in the manual Yeah, but you led
2: me. Back. Well, you, you let me up mm. the garden path because <laughs> Because you said he played left back, I immediately thought, "Well, he played centre back with Evans?" And I just thought, "Well, it must have been Ferdinand." Um, so dummy. He had a. Yeah, he had so a knack I was playing. lucky. I'll, I'll admit that. Yeah, definitely.
0: He had a knack. Fergie, playing a uh, Wes Brown in all different positions along the back, didn't he? Um, but yeah, that's it. Uh, that's it. James has won. He uh, representing the Babylon Blues. He's won the uh, the Toffee Blues quiz. He's come onto our channel and smash and grab performance he's, he's taken all three points off Terry <laughs> James that obviously means you get to choose any song of your choosing uh, to see us out for the podcast so um, i give you a bit of time to think of one obviously when people give you an option for any song ever it's pretty hard isn't it you got to try and pick one but have you managed to yeah. think of one
1: Um I'll go for Sit Down by James that's probably my favourite song of all time so I'll go for that really good um good
0: song there, proper good feel-good theme and hopefully it's good luck and it gets us the win against uh, Manchester United on Saturday, um, if not what I've just said will have aged pretty badly by the next podcast episode but um, obviously if you have enjoyed it share it round. check us out on uh, YouTube, check us out on Instagram <laughs> and Twitter, at Everton Newsfeed uh, if you have enjoyed it obviously as I said, share it round. Uh, I think you can like add it to your list on Spotify nowadays, stuff like that but um, yeah thank you very much for watching thanks to James for coming on as well it's uh, been a great sport and he did great in the quiz thank you
1: very much for having me lads really enjoyed that
0: yeah no worries well anytime mate anytime uh, and obviously Terry thank you for letting me have the quiz master hack for a week <laughs> it's always a pleasure yeah open the door right? I feel a bit like uh, Jeremy Clarkson replacing Chris Tarrant here <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I don't even know how this happened. I was, I was a contestant on every quiz and then it just sort of fell into I started taking over the quiz. So it's yeah. not like it's always been me.
0: Well, Weatherman Terry will have to take a, a bit of sick leave until next week. It'd
2: be silly game show voice that I put on when I am hosting. I can't do it any other
0: way. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you in the
1: next one.